You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's the Undercard. The Undercard brings you the best in hand combat sports. Featuring major interviews, current events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is sponsored by Falling Down Beer Company, Podcast and Church Studios, and is produced by Rochelle Witten. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Cody, and Jimmy. Welcome to The Undercard, broadcasting from the Arctic-like conditions of Podcast Detroit. It's pretty cold. (laughs) I think, once again, it's warmer outside. (laughs) That's freaking crazy. Anyways, uh, winners, man, in Michigan, it sucks. If you're watching us on the video feed, it literally is. We're bundled. It's pretty funny. But uh, I don't know. Wherever you're listening to us, hopefully it's it's warmer climate up there. Every every year, uh, I hate winter more. But, you know, it, it leads to how I want to begin the show. So um, tonight. We got an amazing show. First off, um, if I am doing the math correctly, let's go back here. Eight, seven, six, five. Yeah. So at the eight o'clock mark, we have uh, uh, Bones Adams, former boxer, and uh, sat in front of me uh, at the Pacquiao Broner fight. And we had him on way back in the day. There's only probably two listeners that were back in the day, Aaron and Rick, but we appreciate you're still here. But he, you know, great insight, asked why he hadn't been on the show again. I don't know why we didn't have him on the show again because it was such a good first interview. But I, I realized that um, as we were talking during the fight, he's he's just a huge boxing guy that we need to have him on more so he can break down fights for us only as only he can. And so we're going to have Bones Adams in. And then Cody Stamen uh, is going to bring a couple people from Michigan Top Team uh, that are fighting in the next couple weeks. And we'll let him introduce uh, some of his team members. Larkin will be joining us at some time. Uh, but how I wanted to begin the show is this weekend, if you're an old guy like me, which is 41 years old, uh, it was a big weekend for you, and I wanted to talk and get Rochelle if she can uh, get her mouth to move in this frigid uh, studio uh, to talk about it. But uh, so Tom Brady, we don't talk other sports really too much, but let's talk Tom Brady. Um, I believe is forty one, forty two. He was definitely in in college when I, I was forty one. Okay, forty one um, is moving on to his ninth. Or eighth Super Bowl. Something ridiculous, right? And he beat a much younger quarterback. And, you know, it's a team game and everything. But Tom Brady gets the football at the end and, and marches on. And then Manny Pacquiao at age 40 beats a much younger uh, at 29 Broner. So, you know, when you, it's weird. And you, Rochelle, you're saying, you know, age, let's talk about it. So when you're 20, 40 seems old. Yeah. Then you get here. And it doesn't really feel too bad. Now, I am in no way Tom Brady shape or Manny Pacquiao shape. I would die. I think about that all the time. But when you get to this age, A, I'm rooting for the older guys because, I mean, I mean, 
it's it's cool they're still out there doing it. Mm-hmm. But I feel very mentally young. And I imagine if I had the physical youth too, I would still feel unstoppable like Manny Pacquiao and Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. And it would be tough for somebody to tell me to hang it up because of age. Because if you're mentally thinking like I am and you have their physical abilities, I don't think you want to quit really. Not if you love what you're doing. And you win. Oh. Winning's huge. Yeah, it probably helps. I mean, when you don't have anybody to root for and you get in your 40s and and you got to you got to get there, you start rooting for people that you can relate to and the first thing you can relate to is age, you know, or, or state where they fight from, you know. Michigan unifies Tony Harrison winning shows how everybody unified, you know, the state and the city. But after that, or maybe before that, it's like age. And I I love that these two are still performing at a high level. Now, Rochelle, do you think it, it's more science and technology? Because we typically you see a drop off. I mean, you can play back in the day. There was people that did it, but they weren't performing at Tom Brady level and they weren't performing at Magni Pacquiao level. Well, uh, I think that Tom Brady's like a freak of nature. But he has his own nutrition plan, has his own rubber band workout, and right. believes in taking care of his body a certain way. I think a lot of it still has to do with genetics, though. Okay. I mean, you when you see people that are, you think, take great care of themselves, yet something goes wrong. I mean, right. he hasn't had any major injuries. Oh, Tom Brady, he was out one season for some. But you know what I'm saying? Like, nothing that's going to, like, detrimental and he's clearly healthy you know he could come up with god forbid you know a disease tomorrow but he's been able to like not just maintain but like past (laughs) just keep going yeah i mean that's just unheard of now and his and keep the skill right you know I can't imagine if my body was still... Let alone just to keep playing. He's, like, still the best. Right. Now, let's take it even further. And Mm. I feel bad if you're younger in the audience. You don't get this yet. But when you're 23, you think you know the world. But then you get 40 and you're like, aha. And you get the world even more. And you kind of look at the 20-year-olds. Can you imagine... Whippersnappers. Right. Can you imagine the mental edge and then still having the physical ability? Like, if I knew now what I knew then... But they have still the ability. It was tough for me to see too much of Manny Pacquiao of 10 years ago. I mean, he still looked fast. Broner was not as fast as him. Um, I didn't get, I was on the plane ride home. I didn't get to see Brady's final drive, but I heard about it. It was typical Brady marches down the field. You give him time and he wins Um, in OT. But it's, it's probably. All they know about the stuff, that, uh, their sport, and still having the physical ability to do it, which is quite amazing. There has to be some science in it. The nutrition, um, you know, the old adage of baseball players they used to drink in the clubhouse and everything. Like people take care of their bodies ten times more now than they do. Like you're you're an athlete twenty four seven. Where back in the day, you were only an athlete. Like you know, I mean, yeah, I'm sure. Like you know, you have the Average baseball player was still out smoking cigarettes between, you know, at bats. Right. 
So it does not happen. So, I mean, that has probably a little bit to do with it. And then uh, just genetics, it's possible. I I do remember seeing Tom Brady's family like in a magazine in Sports Illustrated. Uh, It came from a wealthy California family. Yeah, and technology has improved. Whether it be the way you work out, the way you eat. Well, okay, so... So the second part of this is mm-hmm. Tom Brady's not looking to retire if he wins. Like he he is adamantly said that he's going to play like another four or five years. So like you're putting him in the mid forties, and Manny Pacquiao doesn't want to quit anytime soon. And if you look at how Pacquiao destroyed Broner, which we'll get into later in the show, there's no reason for him to freaking quit because at at this point, uh, you're you're still beating pretty good competition in your 20s still making good paydays you still owe the irs which we know and so you know al Heyman's working out a deal there you know keep fighting mm-hmm. and uh but it's it's a big weekend for the people born around 76 77 78 wherever they they fell uh pacquiao being 40 and then um we think brady's 41 but uh a good weekend for the 40 year olds what gener- we're generation x Good weekend for Generation X. Woohoo. Right? Yeah. So uh, I am not rooting for the Patriots, but I'm rooting for Tom Brady. Does that make sense? I, I, I think at, at some point I'm, I'm almost disgusted by the success that the Patriots well, have my had. My family is from New England, so. But I can't root against Tom Brady. No, so I'm saying like, half my family is from New England, so yeah. the, it's just part of the family. Uh, a very interesting stat, though, if I can find it. Hold on. This this is this is just freaking amazing. Let's see. Uh, oh, I don't think the heat's working. Uh, he says I should switch the things at the top. It's the mode button. <laughs> okay. You want? Pretty sure the sunbeam. Oh, that's true. Hold on. This is very good radio, but. Um, it's crucial. Yeah, that was the key. The sunbeam? Yeah, yeah we're going to get going. Oh. <laughs> All right. Just give it a second. Give it a second. Okay. <laughs> it's that cold in here that we have to break the the podcast uh, to see if it will work. I don't see the breath, but uh, I forget what I was transitioning to. We were talking about Tom Brady. Age. Age. Good weekend. Well, yeah, good people. weekend for the uh, the Generation X people. And um, I forget what I was transitioning cool. to. That's it was, why you're supposed to make take notes. It was important. No, I had the whole, whole show in my head, and, and we not. just so cold here that it is not <sighs> in my head anymore uh so let's let's get to my thoughts on uh the pacquiao uh broner fight and we'll touch base again with it with bones adams at the uh halfway point of the show but uh here's my thoughts on the fight so let's start off with manny pacquiao manny pacquiao dominated broner in a fight that broner had to win he looked absolutely amazing in the seventh round and the ninth round it looked like he could have stopped broner um 
he he staggered Broner in the seventh, I think it was. Uh, he looked fantastic, and he did exactly what everybody thought he would. He was pushing the pace, and not only was he pushing the pace, he was dictating how the fight would go. Now, let's transition over to Broner. Broner didn't have what you would call a good week in uh, any sense of the word. Business-wise, probably lost some money down the road. Had a terrible press conference in which he went after Al Al Bernstein for no reason. Then uh, went after Gray after the fight. And Gray asked an intelligent question. He said, you're 3-3-1 three, three and one in your last, you know, seven fights. You know, wh- where does this leave you? And Broner comes back and said, well, I'd be 7-0 against you. Um, didn't have a, a week to begin with. Landed 50 punches in a 12-round fight. And after the fight, decides to tell everybody that he won. Which I do not believe. In his deepest hearts, he believes. He just, you know... He's just a mouth. From from the get-go, it was going to be, if it's a decision bad about me, then it's the judges being against me. And his career is now spiraling out of control. And I don't know where he goes from here. Where Manny Pacquiao has an opportunity to go is to another unbelievable place Pass possibly Pacquiao versus Mayweather too. Asked after the fight if Manny Pacquiao would be interested in a rematch versus Floyd Mayweather. He said absolutely yes. The camera went to Mayweather in in the arena, MGM Grand Arena, and Mayweather did his best poker face and didn't do any reaction to it. And you know what? I think how I look at it is that Floyd Mayweather, if he wants to come back, by all means can come back because he shows that he performs at an unbelievable level. But we shouldn't put pressure on Floyd to come back. If he wants to come back, that's great, and he's earned it. And the Manny Pacquiao fight makes the most financial uh, sense. But if he doesn't want to come back, let's not pressure him media or fan-wise, and let's see. There's other options for Manny Pacquiao out there. And Manny Pacquiao probably is probably going to get $10 million every fight he has the rest of his uh, life. But there's no question that he would have much more financial success with Floyd Mayweather. Somebody told me in Vegas that... Floyd Mayweather could make almost $300 million on a rematch with Floyd, uh, Manny Pacquiao. And then that Manny Pacquiao would bring in about 150 Those numbers might be too exaggerated, but if Floyd could make $200 million, don't you come back? And then it becomes who has lost more skill. Now, if you believe that Manny Pacquiao... Injury totally took him out of the Floyd Mayweather first fight. You want to see a healthy Manny Pacquiao go against Floyd Mayweather. If you don't believe that the injury played a part and that Floyd was able to dissect him as he does every other fight, you maybe don't want to see a rematch anyways. But it does become a game of who's lost more. 
Uh, the Floyd we saw in the exhibition at Ryzen isn't the way even Floyd fights. He doesn't come after you aggressively like that. He sits in the pocket and, and is defensively picking you apart. So I don't know how much Floyd has, but I tell you, Manny Pacquiao looks better than when I saw him last time live. And there's not many people you can ever say that about. So for the nostalgia reason alone, I want to see Pacquiao Mayweather too. And I see everybody's complaining about how they got gouged the first time. Dude, it's boxing. And if you if you if you buy a ticket to boxing, we've all been burnt at one time by this sport. I mean, that's probably why we keep coming back to it anyways, is that we like the controversy, we like the drama, we like that crap. So let's have another fight. Keep these guys in the game because at the end of the day, Manny Pacquiao is in the top 10 best fighters of all time. He's the only eight-time division uh, champion to ever come out. And then Floyd is somewhere in the top 10, probably nine. And the funny thing is you might put Manny Pacquiao even ahead of him just because of the how Manny was able to work his way from a very lightweight all the way up to where he fights now. So um, I want to see it again. The doors are wide open. For Broner, like I said, I'm not sure where you go from here. Because if I'm anybody that has money, I'm not sure I want that circus and I want that sideshow. He was very behaved at the weigh-ins. And at the weigh-ins, I was like, okay, so this is the Broner we're going to get. And he just had a bad day at the press conference. And then once again, it was horrible at the end uh, of the fight in his post-fight interview. And... Somewhere along the way, it, it it's happened in which I, I I I saw it first in MMA, where MMA fighters went after like bloggers and stuff. And remember that the MMA community kind of created like a new media, and the undercard's definitely uh, a part of that new media. Well, but you saw fighters attacking the media. But in traditionally in boxing, the boxers have always realized that the media generates the excitement and generates the uh the in, you know the the revenue and generates the the card i mean i'm not talking mike tyson you know you know where he hated doing interviews um because this isn't what you're getting with broner you're getting calculated when mike tyson back then you know he's just an animal so like you know you ask him a wrong question he was gonna say you know f you and get off the telecast but broner um, attacking the media is not a good thing. And boxers attacking the media, I can tell you, is not a good thing. Because just from my standpoint, in being media, uh, and I, I would probably agree, most of the fighters that I know personally would agree, we coexist with each other. I need the fights, and the fights need the coverage, or the fighters need the coverage. And I, you know, I think when Broner severs that, it's going to be tough at 29 to try to find your way back to the word potential, which was all we ever used with Broner, the potential to be one of the greatest of all time. And the word potential is literally out with the dry cleaning, out with the garbage, because I don't know where he goes from here. There's no one I really want to see him to fight. I mean, he knew what he had to do. Um, against Manny Pacquiao, and he just was not prepared. 
uh, and Manny just totally dominated. Now, Broner did have a couple counters that caught Manny, and I was impressed with Manny's chin. Uh, But for the most part, Broner did nothing for 12 rounds. But if I had to overall rate the fight, just because Manny was exciting, I'd probably put it in the 4 or 5 range out of 10. And, you know, if you've been to a Manny Pacquiao fight live, they're just, they're exciting. People love him. His community loves him. Boxing fans love him. He comes across generally as a nice guy to people. And that's what you got. Typical Manny Pacquiao being Manny and um, Broner being unfortunately Broner. Uh, I, I would argue that there was probably only 55 fans of Broner that I saw in the crowd and I did walk around a couple times um, it's weird Rochelle because they div- they divvy up the shirts pretty evenly I bet you that right now in the MGM casino resorts marked down pretty good are the Broner shirts because I mean you they, they have like a Pacquiao shirt and then like kind of the the mirror image the, the other side would be like the Broner shirt you know um, there was not a lot of Broner supporters and, uh, I don't know if you, you definitely didn't win any fans because you go online and you, you hear even Broner supporters going, what were you talking about? You lost. So I guess we lucked out, didn't get controversy and the judges saw it correctly and Manny Pacquiao gets to continue on. Now, the whole thing still with Manny Pacquiao, Senator Pacquiao, is he's got this whole political career, which kind of, it's tough to know. I know they go back into session. Their Congress is different than how we do stuff here, where they like take longer periods of time off. But um, from what I heard in Vegas, if it was to happen, a Mayweather-Pacquiao fight, it would happen somewhere in the June and July area and wouldn't interfere with uh, the announcement of Canelo versus Jacobs, which is going to happen Cinco de Mayo weekend. And so that's that's my take on the fight, four, four, five. I mean, enjoyable. It, if I had to spend money on it, would it have been worth the 80 bucks? I still think it would have been. But... Um, you know, I don't, I don't critique it like some fans do where like, um, well, first off, I'm blessed to see boxing for free, but I, I just don't understand. I, you know, these people, they get mad that they pay for the pay-per-view. I mean, you know, or, or get mad that it's a pay-per-view fight. Don't buy it then. And, you know, don't illegally stream it either because you're taken away from those athletes. But, um, that's, that's, that's my take. And I, I think we'll see Manny Pacquiao probably if he can keep up that level. At 40 years old, I think we see him three more times. Three. That's crazy because that puts him for sure at 41. And that's a year and a half worth of fights. Mm-hmm. Let's hope Mayweather, right? Come on, why not? We make money. Everybody makes money off that fight in this industry. Like, there's nobody that doesn't want that fight except cynical boxing fan. Cynical boxing fans like, fuck that. That would be Aaron. The fucking, fucking first fight sucked, yep. man. You know, it just, you know, I don't, you know, I I don't like that because you know what? You're going to be excited. You're going to have a couple beers and you're going to fucking watch it. And you're going to see which one aged first. And I tell you what, Floyd looked good. Fucking still looks good. And Manny, we saw his performance. 
Uh, I I bet you both of them haven't lost much, and I bet you that Pacquiao, like I said, looked better than the last time I seen him live because he was on a, a world tour here of uh, uh, other places in the States as he avoided the IRS, but now has come with Al Heyman and is working out a deal with IRS. He can literally get and figuratively get rid of this IRS debt with one fight with Manny Pacquiao. They both have the same advisor. Now this thing's probably a done deal. Um, I really, I do think Floyd Mayweather's coming back and why not? Right. Why not? Why not? Right. Go for 50. I mean, these guys are, it's amazing how in shape they are at this age. Like, I mean, it just, I, 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 I can't fathom that. Like as, as I break down and winter is breaking me down, like, I don't get it. You know, it just. Well, they don't live in these harsh conditions. That's not that necessarily. Well, Floyd lives in uh, Vegas, but, you know, they're just in better shape and, you know, all that good stuff. But uh, we're going to go to a commercial break. We will have at the eight o'clock hour Bones Adams, professional, uh, former professional boxer. And uh, we'll be back. We're listening to the undercard. Hand Combat Radio. Oh, welcome back to the undercard, everybody. Sorry, Michelle stopped it really quick. No, I didn't. It just went into it. it All right, so we're going to call Bones Adams right now, former boxer, and uh, he sat a row in front of me at the Pacquiao Broner fight, and it's going to break it down here really quickly with me. Yeah, drinking, drinking Stroh. Aren't you training? Yeah, yeah it's good. I'm training. All right, that's Stroh's. She has something in yours? Yeah, have mine. I didn't, I didn't no, she it. can have it. No, no, she I didn't want, want it. She don't want it. I didn't want it. All right, fine. I mean, <laughs> I'm forcing you. Shotgun. Shotgun. Cowboy, <laughs> cowboy up. <laughs> I'm barely old enough to have that. Hello? Hello, we're calling for Bones Adams. Um, this is not him. <laughs> this is his daughter. Hey, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Is he going to be around in a few minutes? He said to call at this time. I don't, I don't live with him. <laughs> I live in a different state. Okay. So, Can I ask who's calling? Yes, it's Brad from the undercard. He, We had a radio interview set up. I texted him earlier to this phone line. and oh. one number is wrong. Oh, you know what? She. Digit off. Yeah, oh, one digit off. And that that's Rochelle, fault. our producer. I apologize. <laughs> but but how are you? No, okay. Honestly, yeah. I was I was scared. I was like, since we're here, no. Yeah, no. I live in LA, but he his number like is eight two five. Mine's three nine two five. All right, we're we're gonna call uh, Bones now. I apologize. What did you say your name was again? Oh no worries. <laughs> All right, take care. Your writing is terrible. She's on hot. <laughs> that's. <laughs> That's weird because you sound really hot. (laughs) (laughs) You sound like I would like you. I was like, I had a text conversation going on today. How did that happen? You've just been texting his daughter the whole time. I'm sure I'll do an interview. You're not allowed to write numbers down anymore. Yeah, it literally looks like a vagina on someone's forehead. Wow. Hello. Hello, Bones. It's Brad from the yes. Undercard. How are you? Yes, I'm good, brother. 
We accidentally we accidentally called your daughter. Uh, our producer messed up the digits oh. by one, and then uh, oh. <laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened. But we're joined by Clarence Bones Adams, uh, forty-four and seventy finished, and not only that, um, has much more expertise than I do in boxing. And we we call in to talk to you uh, about the Broner and Pacquiao fight, which you, I thought I had the best seats in the house, but you had them by one row. Uh, but that's right. But not only that, you were breaking down the fight the whole time and leaning over and and talking. What did you think of the fight overall? Um, you know, overall, I mean, I, listen, I, I, people talking about Pacquiao losing. Listen, Pacquiao fought with what he had in front of him. You know what I'm saying? You had a guy who was just running, trying to survive, and this is like so, you know the two girls you were sitting beside. They thought Broner was winning, and I asked him. I said, well, "Why do? Why is he winning? Winning?" He goes, "Because he didn't get knocked out." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, "What?" So yeah, yeah. I was sitting next to. Uh, I don't know who it was, but she was famous, and she was streaming it the whole time and commentating the whole time. Yeah, which was bothering yeah. the shit out of me, dude. I was like, I, I should say something, <laughs> but I shouldn't say yeah. something. But I was waiting for you to say something. Yeah. I'd be like, you well, just, I did say, I did, I did, I did ask her. I said, how, how, why, why are you, why is he winning? And she said, because he didn't get knocked, knocked out. He's boxing. <laughs> I was like, what? And that's, uh, and I was like, what? And I just knew right there, just, there's no like. Now I, I said that Manny Pacquiao looked amazing for forty years old. Right. I, I was, I said earlier yeah. in the show that Manny Pacquiao looked amazing for forty years old. Um. I think that he probably has a couple more fights in him, a couple more ten million dollar paydays, strategically mm-hmm. placing him there. Yeah. What 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 do you think about mm-hmm. Pacquiao's skill set? Has it has it really gone away? You know, no, I, I agree hundred percent. I think the only problem the only there's a, only one person maybe that would give him a really good time and hard fight, that'd be Mayweather would probably beat him again. <laughs> but you know, just I think Mayweather beats him ten out of ten times just because of no matter what, and even though he's not been boxing, out of shape, and stuff, you just see on that little last fight, he still got it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And just, just, just his refight, everything is so good and phenomenal. It just, it's just hard for me to see Pacquiao beating him. Now, me and you, Bert, were both in the crowd. It, it was awesome when they went back to Mayweather after Manny called him out or said, hey, you, let's mm-hmm. do it. Talk about a poker face, and we know Mayweather's a gambler. <laughs> He's just staring in the distance, knowing that it's in there. It has to have been talked yeah. about because they both have the same advisor now with Al Heyman, and it makes financial sense because Pacquiao still has some word dealings with the IRS, and Al Heyman's is trying to make that right. But somebody said to me in Vegas that that Pacquiao could maybe make 150 million on a rematch and that you know Mayweather 300 million now that i think's yeah. an overestimate but let's go down and say Mayweather 175 and then maybe 75 for Pacquiao let's just do this right. and let's all make money off it well I, think, well I think so too but also you know what it's going to be a competitive fight and that's how people you know as long as you're not mixed match fights you know what i'm saying it's going to be a great fight, and that's what people want to see. They want to see great fights. And they're both definitely past their prime, but they're both is phenomenal fighters. And I think it would be a great fight to watch. Again, probably better than the first one. Right, because— The first one was very good to me. I liked it. 
Right. Everybody is hard on the first one, but if if we believe that Manny Pacquiao was really injured, uh, and then it becomes who's lost more of their skill, and both of them seem in incredible shape, and both of them, uh, their ring IQ is amazing. I want to see it again, just, just for the nostalgia. Yeah, that's what I'm point. saying. That's what I'm saying. Just, just, just when you got two great fighters like that, it doesn't matter if they're 20 or they're 40. They're still going. It's going still going to be a great fight. That's just that's just how it is. You know, you have two phenomenal, very judges. They're so intelligent on the inside of the ring. So intelligent, um, especially Floyd's being one of the best. You know, and I, I honestly don't know if Manny's rib was hurt on that one or last one, but I'm saying just. It, that fight went exactly the way I knew it would because I've seen Floyd over there training, and the fight went exactly the way he was training. So, And every fight that I see Floyd training and sparring, the fight goes exactly the same way. Now, I think Broner had probably the worst week that I've seen since I've been in media, and the fact that, uh, as uh, it was pointed out, you, you fell 3-3-1 three, three and one in your last seven fights, and Showtime never wants to work with you again. Uh, and clearly media doesn't want to ask you any questions anymore because it becomes combative. Have you seen a meltdown kind of like that? And, and, and there's no way he honestly believes he won the fight. That's the only card he can play. But well, have you, from, have, from, you know, the, like, like, I'm sorry, Robert, but it's like, like, like cheeseburger that thing, right? He goes, if you order a cheeseburger, you, you expect to see cheese. I mean, there's cheese there, right? You see what you want to see. Here it is in. You see what you want to see. Right. So in that aspect, he does want to believe that he won because he's seeing he wants to win. That's why he said it like that. You see what you want to see. He, see, he felt as though he's won because he wants to see he was a winner. You know, you know what I'm saying? Right. But but, but other than that, he, 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 listen, he, he's an embarrassment to boxing. He's a disgrace to boxing. And honestly, it's all on Al Heyman. If I was Al Heyman, I would tell him and never let him fight again. You mean because it's a disgrace to boxing and every fighter that there is out there. Now, the other thing, too, you being in the arena like me, I don't think I've ever seen it so one-sided. Even when Mayweather, <laughs> I, really, there was not too many Broner people. I think we had all of them around us. But when he, when he came out, it is it, it, such a pro Pacquiao crowd. Even when Pacquiao went against Bradley and Pacquiao was the uh, a rock star back then, it, it, you still had twenty five percent that might have been Bradley in the. I, I didn't see many right. Broner supporters all week, and he his fan base um, probably that's dwindled. The why, that's the reason the place wasn't packed. It wasn't packed because of that. That's the reason why he didn't get the team over arena. That's why he didn't get the big press conference. I mean, like Broner has. He could have been as good or bigger than, than Floyd, but Broner, Broner messed Broner up, you know, with his mouth and acting and the things that he's been doing, you know? Uh, now let's talk about the co-main event. Uh, should the Jack fight have been stopped? Clearly uh, the nastiest cut I've seen um, in person. Yeah, me too. Me too. You know, um, as a fighter, that's, you know, I was asking me, my, you know, I had a couple of good trainers and stuff ask me, would you stop the fight? There's two, listen, me as a fighter, I would have let it, I would have let it go on for a little bit to see what, listen, I would say, listen, this is what's going to happen. You're down in the cards now. If you don't show me, you're trying to knock him out, do, do well. If you're not picking up, now I'm going to stop the fight because this is, there's no need to keep going. And I think once that happened, I think that they, they should have stopped. And, and plus, Another thing is I would have stopped it as well, probably because if you stopped it, you can always get a rematch. Right. 
I, since it went to distance and the, the the end the way it was supposed to be, it went all the distance. Even though he had to cut, he can't. It wasn't even close fight because of that, because because of the cut. It wasn't even close because he couldn't see, couldn't fight. Just I mean, just the pain. I'm sure he was in, and he he went himself. So then now instead of getting a rematch, there's no way. There's no way he's gonna get a rematch. Right. Exactly. I mean, it, 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 I it think- wasn't it was too yeah. I think it, it was one of those moments where the doctor got it wrong too. It, 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 was it was he in danger? No, but at the same time, what's the sense in keeping that fight going because you're you're endangering with scar tissue fights down the road? What yeah. says that doesn't break open be, again? Be, yes. You know what I'm yeah. saying with the it, scar it tissue? Yeah, it, you know, it wasn't even a, it was, he was in the car, but it was still early enough in the fight that you know what? Here's the thing. Let's just have a rematch. Let's start a new day. You mean maybe it's a bad day, which I think it was for Badu Jack. Just a bad day because that's you know I know him. It's a bad day for him. So let's just start over again and let's do it the safe way. The safe way is hey, listen, not him quit. I'm stopping the fight, you know, and we'll go to the cards. We lose, lose, we get a rematch. Instead of waiting and letting it, letting it go on and letting it go on, letting it go on, and then no rematch, and and possibly causing injuries. Now you come from like an attitude era boxing where we're, like you guys had more of an edge I think back then and and some somewhere along the line boxing's kind of lost that. What what do you what, edge meaning what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean what do you mean? You guys just when you you walked in the room you guys all were killers, you know what I'm saying? And, and at at, oh, it, yeah. at any given sure. time like it just that edge was just like you know, like sharp like a knife, and, and you you got so right. many personalities. I don't feel that way with Broner. I don't feel that way with Pacquiao. I don't feel that way with Mayweather. What what's the n- biggest difference from when you fought to these these uh, superstars now you see out there? Yeah, I, I don't know if it has to do with just in, just the social media and just just how these guys are nowadays. It's just like to me, they just want to talk and talk and talk, but then. You know, I just, I always just wanted to show you in the ring. I wanted to be the best. I wanted to, you mean, I wanted everyone to have a great time and, and entertain. These guys don't care anymore. They don't care about anything. Now, you were doing some commentating, just talking to me. I mean, you were you were teaching me stuff that I didn't even even know about uh, the positioning and stuff because you, you had seen uh, some of the fighters uh, during the week. Uh, you ever think about doing more commentating and, and getting into TV because you knew your stuff and then uh, you, very, very presentable? I think you got an avenue there. Oh, thank you. you know, I would love to, but I've never been offered yet, so... Well, you're... But I would love to. I think I think it'd be great. I think it'd be great. Not not for all the fights, but you know, just I would love to commentate a few. Well, we're going to continue having you back on this show because I, I we somehow we lost touch. <laughs> we had you on the undercard, and um, how about uh, in a, a couple weeks we touch base with you ever so often? Any 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 anytime. More just don't call my daughter's phone. Call me. <laughs> I apologize about that, dude. You got to yell no at worries, Rochelle. No so no my my daughter my daughter is so she's she's so beautiful and amazing and she she's doing quite well for herself over in LA she's um, a model so I'm very blessed and lucky to have her so well you take care of Bones and we'll talk to you soon all thank right thank you brother I'll see you brother yes sir anytime all right that's Bones Adams legend yeah, in boxing uh, we'll, we'll keep touching base with him uh, but he sat in front of me in the pack yeah and we we had a fun time yeah I can't mention the celebrity that was next to me on the left but she recorded the whole fight the whole effing freaking time dude and you, I I've never seen anyone have seats that can good you text it to me huh. 
The, the celeb? Yeah. yeah, I could do that. And uh, Paris man, one you told me. I, oh, but yeah, I wanted to like just, just like basically like be like, oh. Mm. All right. So um, before we introduce our guests, let's just recap really quickly uh, UFC. A couple things. Uh, so, yes, you were, you were at UFC in New York. Yep. Um, new belts. What do you think of the new belts? They're pretty cool. I held one. Was it heavier? Or I mean, you uh, might have heard the other one. It was like the same. I don't know. And there, there's a lot, a lot going on with them. Like the, the, everything means something. Like how many stones is like how many title defenses your your things. But you, yeah. you're okay with that switch? Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's about time. You know, they revamped that. Um, obviously, I don't know. It's like there's something about having the same belt the entire time. There's like something like nostalgic about it. But they're changing a lot of stuff. So I'm not surprised that they decided to change the belts too. Now, what do you think of uh, the main event stoppage wise? Dillashaw. Well, I mean, for, after watching the stoppage, you know, seeing it live, I was like, "What the hell?" Uh, just because I think I was a little influenced by the whole cr- the crowd. You know what I mean? Everyone was booing. Everyone was like, "Really?" It was really anticlimactic. You know what I mean? It's like I don't know. I mean, it's like getting dry humped for forty five forty five minutes, and then like the girl just leaves you know what i mean you're just like what the fuck <laughs> i'm in new york like i wanted to see a fight i wanted to see these guys fight and it just didn't happen and um it sucked but I, the stoppage was it was questionable but also you know if i was a ref i can't say that i wouldn't have stopped at that time um i mean i don't know i think it was a little hard on the on the ref but ultimately i think he was just doing his job so i think tj was legit rocked he just got touched in the back of the head just a little bit, just enough to, you know, knock his equilibrium off a little bit. And Henry just never let up on him. was just cracking him. So yeah. hats off to Henry Sudo. But I think if they run that back, I think TJ would win. Now, Cihudo was actually an underdog, but he comes off with the victory. But like that, sometimes you just get caught. So we don't know if there's too much of a big difference between him and Dillashaw. But as you said, anticlimactic, because the fight before that, you have a disqualification win in which Henry, who shouldn't have been fighting co-main event, it, just because of his popularity, jumped a lot of people. Uh, I mean, he had fought less yeah, than three what, minutes. What's his popularity? Oh, that he's a former NFL star. And, but, but more than that. And domestic abuse. Yeah, it's literally his pop. His, he's popular because he was a domestic abuser. Yep. Like, he walked out and everyone booed him. And... And uh, people are like, why is he getting booed? I'm like, oh, he beat the shit out of his wife. I'm like, oh. And then they started booing, too. I'm like, I don't know. I feel like the UFC is really, really playing on that whole, if it makes money, it makes sense. doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Obviously, anytime someone feels an emotion about a fight, people want to see it, but... I don't know. I like, guys, it's going too far, in my opinion. But he had less than three minutes in an MMA professionally in his career, and he ends up in a co-main event on UFC's Against biggest on UFC's biggest night because they're switching to a new network and doing this whole ESPN Plus thing. It's just it's it's almost like the CM Punk thing. It, you had too many equations where it could go wrong, and then it did go wrong because he need him when when he was down, and that doesn't look good. No, I mean, but. It makes for good television. <laughs> what about the rest of the card? I, I was disappointed. Oh, I was disappointed because I had money on Ostevich, but I was disappointed that Paige caught Ostevich. Uh, uh, and then I lost on another card because Henry with the disqualification. Otherwise, I win on all those bets. Yeah, I did uh, not do well this weekend either, but <laughs> say the least. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Paige Van Zandt's got a lucky charm. Like, she's got yeah. a fucking leprechaun in her ass or something. I don't know what it is about that girl, but she is so lucky. All her fights are like that. Like, she's losing the whole time, and then something just happens, and she wins. You know what I mean? Like, a, she hit that switch kick Yeah, on that girl, and, like, no one hits that, and no one knocks anyone out with it, and she does it, and just hits that girl just right, and she was losing that whole fight. It's, like, amazing. She's really, really lucky, and... Maybe because she's such a nice person. I've met her, and she is very, very nice. Yeah. She's a super nice person, but... Yeah, she's got karma on her side. Markability. Oh, I mean, God, I, so marketable. She talks... She speaks well. Yep. She's so friendly with everyone. She's, like, super outgoing and a little almost ditzy. You know what I mean? Like, to where, like, in a crowd of people, she's like, oh, hi, hi, everyone. You know what I mean? Like, super... Yeah. Dances bubbly. during media workouts. Yeah, like, bubbly. Gives, gives people what yeah, they want. People love that, yeah. Yeah. All right, so who'd you bring with you today? Uh, go around. Well, I can't remember their names. <laughs> this is Chad Decker, uh, Munib, Money, Salmani, Murder. He's got seven nicknames. Nice. The Prince of Dearborn. The or the, the Mayor of Dearborn. <laughs> Al Samani. Ken. Nice. Uh, Cross. What's boss, his nickname? Boss. Cross no, the what's, boss. What's the other one? Thank you guys for having me. Creepy Ken. You're welcome, man. <laughs> Creepy Ken Cross. <laughs> Ken no, the boss cross. It's fabricated. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. All uh, right. So who's fighting first out of you guys? Manib, right? Boxing. Yeah. All right. So Manib, you're transitioned to boxing from MMA, but I mean, you're serious about it because you got Kara Rowe, which yeah. anybody in this game locally knows that Kara knows her shit, knows boxing more than anybody. Uh, how long has this been on your radar? Like that, I, I might try boxing. Uh, a couple months ago, I said I was going to take a pro boxing fight. I like remember Anthony Barnes came in the gym, and I told him, like, hey, I'm going to fight boxing. And he was like, yeah, cool, that's cool. And then, like, I just up and took a fight. I was talking to Carlos. He was like, yeah, we got a spot available for you anytime you want. And I was like, all right, let's do this. So I've just been pretty serious about it the last couple of weeks, you know, training hard, getting ready for this fight, and I feel good. I tell you what, Carlos doesn't have a soft spot for mo- many people, but we've talked. He loves you. Yeah, like he brings you up and, and and just likes your attitude, likes your hard work, likes everything, and he's always talks positive about you. So that doesn't surprise me that you're gonna get a lot of opportunities with Carlos. Mm-hmm. He always he always are it's good. Close to home too. You're right. So now, Kara uh, Rowe, secret weapon. Oh yeah. Uh, She's been working with Michigan Top Team for a long time, but now he's uh, getting some boxers coming out of Michigan Top Team. Uh, what has she taught you that you can reveal that doesn't kind of help your opponent any um, that you didn't even know exists? Well, honestly, I didn't know how to box when I came to Michigan Top Team. I footwork was, or what? Um, I mean, I had decent footwork. Everything. My feet can move well, but my hands were just, like, not good. Like, I didn't know how to throw a punch. I know how to, like, Fight Muay Thai. That's, like, what I was taught. Right. And she, like, switched up my whole style. I think for, like, a year and a half, I didn't get a single compliment or anything. Like, I did everything wrong. And, you know, we butted heads, but eventually, like, I've grown up over the last couple years, and she's made me a great fighter. Now, uh, it got personal, though, on Facebook. I saw the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, I I read the comments. I could see where it definitely is taken that way yeah uh this is a opponent that kara Rowe selected for you correct or was that was that true like the comments like yeah, she thought she's a good, op- a good he's a good opponent for you yep um i i don't want to misquote him do you remember exactly what what he kind of said and made it personal yeah i do um he said that the fight like is deeper than boxing because like he's an army veteran 
I guess he fought in Iraq and stuff like that. That's why he made it deeper than boxing. And then he said he has two tours of aggression to let out in this fight. First of all, you don't know me. I'm an American citizen. I was born and raised here, first and foremost. So if you're going to choose to defend the country like you say you do, you can't pick and choose and select who you are defending. That's one thing. And then um, second of all, if you feel like you're an aggressive person, I don't think you should be fighting in, in Iraq or anywhere because unless you're going there to help the situation, I don't think you, you deserve my praise and my respect because I can clearly tell that you weren't there to help. You were there to like let out your own frustration and whatever is going on in your personal life that makes you a violent and um, bad person, in my opinion. Now, Clearly, that can help you. Comments like that can motivate you during a Mm -hmm. training camp. But during fight night, you kind of got got to focus and not let your emotions carry. I mean, maybe this is a better question for Cody because Cody always riles up people, and then come fight night, he has to focus. Right? How how do you turn it off? I mean, I've I've dealt with it before. Like I think um, I dealt with it pretty early on. I fought Nick Noble, and that guy said the worst things ever. Yeah, <laughs> like a Fucking name from the Nick past. Yeah, that guy, like he said some of the most crazy things to me and like my teammates and everything. And that was a fight that I was pretty like amped up about, like because like I really wanted to beat that guy. So um, I've dealt with it before. I've I've talked back and forth with a bunch of opponents, especially as an amateur. So like it doesn't really bother me. It's like no different. It's just a fight's a fight. I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna try to win, and that's all that is. Awesome. All right, so who's next? Who's got the fights after that? Is it Ken? Ken oh, on... Uh, Ken's uh, yeah, I have a main event title fight February 16th against Corey Cuppy. At, at uh, Lights, Lights out. out. Yep, Lights Out, Grand Rapids, uh, Delta Plex. Doors open at, I'd say, 6 o'clock. I will fight probably around like 11. Now the Cuppies, once again, although they've mellowed. Uh, no, they no, used no. to be the, the biggest. Sparking one. It. He's sparking it back up. Is he? This one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. So like they're they're back to talking again. That's so his, that's his objective is to get in my head and uh, you know talk a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, so. the older one, he's the mellow one. It's the. It's the I think it's working. One. I see Ken physically just breaking the, down. Mm. <laughs> 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 she yeah. saw me at practice an hour ago. He cried. Yeah. I was doing the time. I was doing work. We got yeah, Kleenex here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so this is uh, we love what Matt does over there with Lights Out. They're huge shows. Uh, Cody, of course. Uh, Fought on him at main event for before the UFC picked him up. The Delta Plex is always packed. Um, I mean, that's that's a great venue for you. Middle of middle of Michigan. That's uh, I'm actually from Hastings, Michigan. So Grand Rapids was like what? forty minutes away. Yeah. Holy yeah, kind of shit! Yeah, His so. family's from Hastings. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. You know you know Hastings Bull, Dean Lambert. Yeah. That's, oh, yeah. uncle. that's my uncle. No kidding, I bowled there all the time. Almost got kicked out a couple times. <laughs> ah, dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna text him right now. He'll <laughs> so cool. be there. Yeah, like Hastings. The worst part about Hastings is you have three cop stations in there. You have state, the the county, and then you have the Hastings police, dude. <laughs> yeah. And there's one Main Street. Oh, we're protected. Yeah, <laughs> with uh that really cool diner with the shakes and uh the hot dogs. What, uh, what I think it, they got rid of that. Uh, Mill Landing. No, no, no. The one by the town square. Um, Richie's. Richie's, yeah. yeah. Richie's is the go-to. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you got one street and three cop stations. Yeah. So like if you have one too many beers, oh, yeah. you are it's done. Scary. Yeah, it's scary. And there's uh, not like Ubers out there either. It's 
Yeah, my uh, my my <laughs> uncle lives on Algonquin Lake. Okay, yeah, right by that. Uh, There's no Ubers in Hastings. Bay. Not really. No. <laughs> There's huh? like three. Maybe, maybe Maria Sinclair. I don't know if she makes the trip. <laughs> oh, hustle, man. So so yeah. So if all of Hastings uh, by is she will, uh, she'll do it. <laughs> she'll be there. I just sit out <laughs> if all of Hastings comes, you you sell ten tickets because oh, there's like ten oh, people there, right? I have the whole city out there. We got like yeah. twenty four. Twenty four, yeah. right? So twenty four tickets sold. So That's you know cool. that when Ken fights, you can go to Hastings and just rob everything. Then well, the town shuts That's down just... at six anyway. Yeah. So have... My first fight was at uh, the Barry County Fairgrounds. They oh called it the Barry County Beatdown. Yeah, and it's. It's as ratchet as it comes, but that was my first <laughs> fight, and we got out in like 30 seconds. I destroyed him, and I'm like, oh, I might start doing this for real. It was fun. Were you guys like the opening act for the tractor pull or what? <laughs> like, it- <laughs> Yeah, you would think, no, we were like two weeks after fair, so everything was getting taken down, and we were stepping up. So Two weeks cool. after fair? Yeah, buddy, she loved my tractor pull. Two I, weeks I after fair. I don't think fair. you understand. I don't, I've never dude, been to I'm Sparta. From Sparta I know. Man. Come I don't on, know, like dude. seven people in that whole town. And Larkin's from Hillsdale. Like, I mean, between I all three of you, there's a population of 100, maybe. Yeah, Grass Lake. Basically. Yeah. Wait, like, you're from Grass Lake? I am. Yep. Wow. Okay. Small town. You guys from <laughs> Grass Lake? She's from Hillsdale. Is there like a weird Grass Lake thing you guys do? Smoke that grass, chill on the lake. Now, now uh, you guys probably partied in the same cornfield together, <laughs> right? It's a wood. It's not a cornfield. Okay, Ken, what's it like working out with Michigan Top Team? Because uh, you got killers over there with Darren and obviously uh, Cody. Yeah, it's a jungle full of gorillas. If you, that's how I uh, think about it, man. Everybody in there is just so good, and you know, you go to Michigan Top Team on one of the easier days, and you're still getting beat up, and you're still getting a lot of work. So <laughs> these guys are top level. That's why I moved here. You know, I wanted to be with the best, train with the best, and then Thank beat you. the best. So yeah, whoever you know, copy he could have whoever he has in his gym, and I know that it can't handle, it can't hold a candle to what I have in my gym with my coaches and with my teammates. And just the atmosphere and the energy. We have a brand new facility. It's going to be really hard awesome, to beat anybody. Yeah, anybody at MTT is going to be hard to take one of us down. Which brings us to your fight has to be the sixteenth. I'm actually earlier opening. in the night. Okay, I'll be oh, on the amateur card. Yeah. Nice. Uh, One fifty-five. All right. And Chad, who are you going against? Uh, Derek Leal. I All believe right. His name is from out of Grand Rapids. He's one to know as well. So it doesn't sound like a lot of chatter there. Uh, no, so. not too much. Uh, not <laughs> Cody, get it started there. for you. <laughs> Cody, yeah. teach you how to trash talk. I mean, I got money on the other guy, but <laughs> 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 no, I'm kidding. Now, Chad wrestled at uh, Eastern Michigan. Oh, okay. He's yeah, like yeah. one of our up and coming uh, prospects. Since I was three years old. He was like the uh, or the uh, up and comer of the year at Michigan Top Team this year. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah, it was pretty awesome to get that from uh, the team. Now, uh, with Darren with his striking and the Cody with his wrestling background, what would have you probably, most? He fought at Motor City. Oh yeah, that's pretty. He knocked the shit out of some kid. Nice. Up. Twenty seconds. Same night, uh, when he broke his shoulder over that guy's fucking head. Oh yeah, that's my that's my amateur debut. Nice. That was like uh, like the seventh fight in the night. That's the fight I didn't leave the back room. Actually, the only fight I did see was Benib, and Benib mm. came over and saw the the um murder, murder, murder. Yeah, yeah, he showed me the the picture. Somebody caught it on your phone, and you kept showing me over and over. Oh, the video? Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Like, he's so like, no, look at it again. I go, I've looked at it 15 times. <laughs> it's still a good knockout, buddy. I like again. it, dude. He's like, again. One I was kind of mad. They called it a TKO. I was like, don't worry. The show likes you, man. You're good. Man. Yeah, that was, that was a good one. So, uh, once again, fighting on a great promotion and stuff like that. Beginning of your career, though. So, like, uh, we're... 
where are you looking to go? Like, I mean, um, weight wise, uh, like wait, I yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be where Cody yeah, is and obviously. stuff like that. Everybody gets in it to be in a big promotion. Mm-hmm. But where do you think you end up at weight wise early in your career? One forty five. Uh, yeah, I, I made fifty five pretty easy. I think fifty five for a lot of the amateur fights here. And then at the end of my amateur career, I'd like to go down to 45 and then take that to my professional career is the idea. <laughs> now, Cody, what? Uh, let's go through strengths of uh, uh, these guys. Uh, Maneev, I know, has a ton of heart. Uh, just Next go- question. <laughs> uh, no, no strengths? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Chad's a really good wrestler. He's really willing to learn. Um, great work, work ethic. Uh, learns fast. Uh, Maneev? Same thing. Maneeb's one of the most technical guys in the gym. Uh, huge upside. Tons of talent. Ken Cross, probably one of the most athletic people I've ever met in my entire life. Woo! The kid's an absolute freak. Uh, and he's a million times better than he was when he joined us. Like, when he joined us, I was watching him shadow box and stuff, and I'm like, dude, this kid does not have a fucking <laughs> clue what he's doing. No idea. I'm like... I lost I just, the motion uh, actually before I came to MTT too. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was- and uh, now I watch him and I'm like, dude, this guy's gonna hurt somebody. Like a whole <laughs> different, it's a different, I mean, different animal. But I mean, that that a lot of that comes from like he's been in the gym consistently for you know a long time and he's crazy athletic. So like everything you show him, everything you show him, he just like he can just do it. You know what I mean? Like he just has that ability. Like there's only a handful of people I've ever seen that they're that athletic. What now- were you doing to the Hershey's kiss there? It's like you're trying to. Examine it. Hershey Kiss? No, oh, no, no, no. They is got that, pens. I was going to say, is this oh. a chocolate? It's the pen. <laughs> oh, Don't eat it, Ken. <laughs> Don't eat it. I'm putting candy to everybody. No, no, no. I'm putting it on my top. No, <laughs> with me. You can't just hand it. No, they can't have the candy. They, okay. they only get the pens. <laughs> now, Maneeb, uh, your MMA career didn't start off exactly the yeah. way you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's kind of a blessing because as your record kind of grows, like it's kind of like the zero. It's out there, you know? And... I don't even know if Cody remembers what I sent to him his first loss in the UFC, but like I, I, I just believe. Actually, that I just I was reading. looking for the address and I ran into that message and I was like, I'm not reading this right now. Ouch! Oh, was it? Oh no, but it was. It was, it was, you know, it was a good. It was a great message. Right, uh, but I, I, I think sometimes and I started crying again. And like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but tissues. I, 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 you know what. I think sometimes you feel more relaxed. You got the losses out of the way. I mean, kind of does does it help a little bit? Um, well, it's never good to lose. I mean, but I learned from it. It was just something like it was something more like, and rather than people beating me, I think I was beating myself up about it more mm-hmm. than anything. Like I put so much pressure on myself and stress about fighting, and I started not to enjoy it so much lately. Like the last two fights, I'm just enjoying my whole day, my whole week. Like, the whole training camp, trying to enjoy everything, even fight day, trying to just have a good time the whole day and just come fight time is, like, when I'm in the cages, all I have to worry about is that fight. Nothing else matters. It's just until I'm in the cage, that's the time I start to even think about fighting. And I'm ready at that point to just, you know, just go out there and do what I do. But you look at these records out there at the top of top levels and stuff, but losses come. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. boxing where you can carry a, a, a zero deep into right. the game. They're going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just think maybe for you it was a good time to have it, and I, th- you know what I'm saying, get it out of the way, and right. sometimes the pressure. Cody, when when somebody loses that young in their career, like what do you do, coaching staff? Do you get back to the basics, or uh, because we knew Manib had talent, 
it's just like what what, what do you do as advisors you and darren and in uh fish to kind of just whatever you think the issue is just be 100 percent honest with them mm-hmm. and just tell them this is this is what we think this is exactly what we think happened and it has to change period i mean uh i that's what I love about fighting is that, you know, everything in, in society is like so sugarcoated and there's so much bullshit and fluff that goes into just asking someone the simplest fucking question, like in a corporate environment. It's just like, I hate that, you know, and, and in, in fighting and like as a coach and as a person, I try to kind of cut the bullshit out of my life. Like, I mean, everyone, I mean, you, you can, I mean, in comparison to other people, you know, I think a lot of people probably see me as a huge asshole, but I think that like that just brutal honesty and not telling people what they want to hear all the time. I think it, I think it's what we need, you know, and as athletes, you don't need, I mean, you don't need like a bunch of yes men in your corner. You need people being real with you and just being like, Hey, this is what we think is going on. And this has to change. I mean, that's just like, it's like a, the, the lifelong, uh, thing about good and great friends. Like a, you know, a good friend will tell you what you want to hear. A great friend will tell you what you need to hear. You know, and I think that as a coach and as a mentor for someone, you need to tell them what they need to hear, not what they want to hear, because everyone else is telling them what they want to hear. Right. You need to be that person to be like, this is what's up. And guys, I know he does this too because our other co-host, Jimmy, he's not had a date in like years. <laughs> and fucking, yeah, fucking Cody. Giving Jimmy Co- Cody Cody lays into him, dude. He's like, we need to work on your selfie game. He's Maybe try you. different angles. Like, dude. I, I literally stalked <laughs> his Facebook. For, or don't I mean, take dude, him if you can't. He's going to be mad. <laughs> if you can't take I did selfie, stalk his don't. Facebook. Yeah, he stocked his Facebook looking for good pictures, and then he came post up, these. He, he's like, post these, and Jimmy's like, I can't. They're like ten years old. Like, you know, like, Jimmy, like, damn good ten years ago. Shave, Getting you back there. Shave that beard. But like, yeah, he he's like so brutally honest with Jimmy. Yeah. It's so funny. He's just like, dude, we gotta we gotta like start from the basics again, dude. Like with just basic grooming. It's like, true. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna shave your beard. You're gonna get on a fucking diet. <laughs> And we're gonna get you back to business. You know what I mean? It's a self confidence thing. Self confidence. I know for a fact. Like, like when I, uh, all you guys probably because we're super like egomaniacs and we, you know, like when you're when you're chubby, when you're eating like crap and like you're not like well groomed, you don't feel good about it. (laughs) I don't feel good. I don't feel as good about myself. I'm like, man, I need to get my shit together, tighten things up. I just have that. You know what I mean? Yeah, Cody up. Yeah, Cody up, Cody no, up. Don't no, don't say that. <laughs> That's weird. Now, speaking of which, uh, you went with a cowboy look in New York. Well, what inspired like, that? It was just a. Uh, you ever watch like old movies? I bought a suit. I had a suit made, like Taylor's suit. Yeah, I fucking left it. And damn, yeah, I left it in my truck. I got like almost on the airplane. I'm like, fuck, I left my suit. <laughs> So stupid. And then I got there and I like bought an outfit, but that was supposed to go with the suit. I was supposed to. I was trying to look like a gangster. Okay, like an old school, like an old school, like fifties New York gangster. You know what I mean? But then I just looking like a fucking gay cowboy. It's gonna let this happen. Oh man! (laughs) But that's all right. And then also uh, in our threads, uh, I bug Cody about his fight date all the time, which yep. he, now he says he's going to tell me before his mom. Yeah, I'm sorry to God, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm Because he's tired of me bugging him, dude. Like every day I'm like, because I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to They promised me March, so. Just not Arnold weekend. Just feel like, oh. March. Oh, no, it would be late March. I'm thinking March 30th at Philadelphia. It's possible. I, yeah, it's very possible. I really nice. think because that card's not. Somebody has, somebody knows. Somebody already knows. I think my manager yet. already knows. I think everyone already knows what's going on, who I'm fighting. Surprise, surprise. I think it's going to be March 30th. If I, I was just, a betting man. 
Anyone want to bet me like ten bucks or something? Ten bucks, March thirty. Philly would make sense. Philadelphia, and I think or Nashville, the weekend before. That's fine as long as it's late March. Yeah. I'm bugging you out of love, so I don't book something again and fuck up. No, you know, where it's like, yeah, fuck. last year it was the Arnold, and we couldn't go. Yeah, fuck that shit. So I, I yeah, that's why I keep bugging. I you. always fight in March. I don't know what it is about March. Uh, always, know, it's a good time. Spring, spring fever. You're good looking. And good time to like fight. That, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always fought in March. Oh, her mic's off, is it? No, she's. I've just never fired. fought in March. Oh, sorry, I have a cold. I can't talk. No, you can. Now yeah. Stay with your chest. Am I good? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Be like, project it. But yeah, no, I've fought like the last four marches. That's weird that you say that. Yeah. Well, that... We're on the same cycle. Well, yeah, because you fight, <laughs> you fight at the Arnold. Yeah. Yeah, you so. fought at the Arnold. Yeah, I forgot about that. Boxing? No. MMA. MMA. Oh. I got beat. Why are you at Michigan okay, Top Team? I, wow. we don't, we don't know where I'm doing jujitsu yet. What do you train? Going to Michigan Top Team. That's... I'm training at Empire Boxing right now. Mm. But I've just started. She's but you're going to go to... Oh, Glove. Yeah, Glove's Freaking a good love guy. that dude. Yeah, I mean, you can't say anything love about him. Glove. Oh, He's just I love so him. nice. I love him. Uh, smells good. But All I, the time. So from the wrestling background, Ben <laughs> yeah. Askren, I had to cover Bellator <clears throat> when I was in the beginning stages of my career, right? And uh, Ben Askren's still the best fighter I've ever seen live. No one had him for like 10 seconds, dude. I think he's going to come in the UFC and it's boring as fuck, <laughs> but he just grounded pounds, doesn't know how to finish anybody. And he, as Cody says, wrestle, wrestle fucks everybody. He's set up to fight Lawler, isn't he? Robbie Lawler. I think that's mm-hmm. who he's fighting, right? I think that's a good matchup because Lawler has wrestling background too. And oh, he's just been ben a beast. I watched so. him get beat up by some guy for like four minutes straight. And then the fight ended with like an eye poke or something. Oh, you must be talking one. Before, yeah, one, yeah. So yeah. The one. guy like he got taken down. Yeah, just thrown by this yeah. judo guy who's just getting pieced up on the feet. Mm-hmm. It was they're, bad for Ben. I thought they're definitely mm. throwing. I think the I think the UFC guys. I don't are know. Different, here's the, here's the thing. Either you're 100 percent right, and that's the reason. Like I've been asked this in an interview too. What do you think of Ben Askren? And I'm like, I have no idea. Don't ask me that. Uh, either you're right. He 100 percent comes in and just fucking mauls everybody, and it's gonna you're just gonna be like, holy shit! I think he's gonna <laughs> it's like a beat different everybody. level. Yeah, he really could. He could either that or he's gonna get exposed for what? Yeah, you know what I mean for being a one dimensional fighter. Oh no, question. Yeah, and he's gonna get his ass beat by Robbie Lawler. Yeah, I don't know. Right. I don't know. That's what I have too. Robbie I got Lawler Robbie honestly, him. and then if he doesn't, he's gonna run. I want to see what the odds are. I'm going to bet on it. I did bring you the odds for last week. Did you see any, like, I mean, it's all a popularity fucking game anyways, but there was the fucking ads for the fight night, dude. They were all over the fucking place, dude. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, Dillashaw not even fucking ever making that weight before, be, coming in as a favorite. It's just where the money's laying. But people had faith in TJ. But, and, you know, Henry as a champion, you should should always be fucking favorite. I mean, this, these are all obvious. Other than that Donald Cerrone fight, I cannot believe Donald Cerrone was the underdog in that fight. It now probably has McGregor. And I don't know why That's a perfect I didn't fight. bet on that fight because that's one of those fights where I'm like – I do know why. It's because Alex Hernandez is my friend, and I'm not going to bet against him on a fight. But it's the same thing. I saw his odds, and I was like, man, you're talking about someone that's completely untested. I know that. I've been in that. I was just in that situation, you know, fighting a guy with, you know, three, four times as, as much experience as me in the UFC. I'm like, yeah, sure, maybe Alex is better than him. But, man, those veterans, they're, they, they're slick in the cage. You know, it's different. You know, it's not the gym. It's a whole different ball game in there. Crafty. They're crafty. This little, the little stuff, you know, one little, one little change. You know, that's why you gotta kind of stay in your lane. That's why boxers, 
they do that better than anyone. You know, yeah. they really, really kind of build right. until they get that big fight, you know. But also they have, you know, management teams that necessarily, um, I mean, let, let's be honest, you're an employee of the UFC. They're only going to come at you so many times with so many options. You turn down one person, they might say, okay. You turn down two, they're going to tell you, no, you're taking this guy. Luckily for me, I've said yes to three different guys that were really, really all really, really tough ranking right. than me recently. Like, and none of them panned out because those guys, that wasn't the fight they wanted, mm-hmm. you know, and right, so I, if, in my position, if I was, if someone, if I was a guy like them that had, you know, 15 UFC fights and was ranked five or six, I would not want to fight a guy like Scary me. newcomer. Right. I wouldn't, I would literally, I mean, I understand, like, so that's why I wasn't like, uh, oh, you freaking ducking me, bro? I'm like, no, it's a business, man. It's money. Right. Talking about money and all these guys are, you know, coming off losses or... They want either a huge name, which I'm not yet, or they want someone that they know they can just trash. Yeah. I get it. So the Luke Thomas show earlier today, they uh, Dana Waite was asked about the Colby uh, Covington situation, right? He wants out of his contract. And he was asked, are you going to let him out of his contract? And he's like, no. And then Colby went on like a huge rant about Dana. Could, couldn't be good because, it, uh, as Luke Thomas says, if you're trying to get to point B, this – didn't help you at all i mean did you see what he said about dana white yeah i'm not even gonna repeat it because they ain't good and now like they could literally just sit on him he he didn't play the game i understood what he was trying to do but you don't play the game that way he just pushed a little bit too hard oh my god like name calling and, and going into personal stuff is just i mean it's just not the way it's it's done um but before that how do you feel about fighters standing up for like more pay and stuff? I mean, you you're now coming into multiple flights in the UFC. You you see how the pay structure works and stuff like that. I mean, do you still think there's room to grow? I keep asking for more money and they keep giving it to me. That's nice. I keep doing it. I'm just like, yeah, I just want a little bit more money. Nothing unreasonable. Uh huh. And, and they they give it to you. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're they're pretty reasonable. Like. As far as like who you're fighting and you know uh, you know like you're risking your career, just kind of I don't know. There's a, there's a way to go about it. There's, mm-hmm. a, there's really a way to go about it, and I feel like like when you're talking about negotiating money, uh, I'm in Colby Covington's position. I think that it, it's not necessarily a bad thing for him to make it public that just to say he wants a little more money. Um, but then like you come like there's a negotiation period, right? Oh, I want five hundred thousand. We'll give you four. Uh, how about four fifty? Well, how about four twenty five? That's how a negotiation works, right? And you don't go into negotiation and be like, "This is what I'm going to fight for." or I'm not fighting, and they're like, "Fuck you!" Right? You know what I mean? Like, what? That, that's that's just anyone would say that. I'm not going to go buy a car and be like, uh, "I'm not going to pay anything more than this number." And they're like, "Well, how about this number?" You know, that's how, the negotiation is back and forth until you like find something that's reasonable. Now, you, know? you were really good at it before you got to the UFC, even before you got your uh, management team. Uh, these guys clearly are in the stage where it's sell tickets, get a Always of the Always ask for more money. Right. Do you, how, how much do you Every help them with Every single that? time. If they ask me, I will help them with it. If they right. don't ask me, fuck them. No. <laughs> I, no, I, mean, see, I mean, I'm, I'm dead serious. You know what I mean? Like, if, they, if anybody asks me anything, I will 100% give them every bit of knowledge I have on the subject and help them through the entire process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But I would literally, I'd nickel and dime, ask, yeah, you can literally, if you ask Matt Brendo, I used to nickel and dime him over a small amounts of money, and he was just like, dude, I, to the point where he was just like, whatever, dude, whatever, I don't care. 
And then like I would, we would have a price set, and I was just like, I, I owed him this much, and I'd be like, oh, how about I just give you this much? And like he was just like, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> but honestly, I made <laughs> I made more money than I mean I'm I know for a fact I made more I've made more money in Michigan MMA than anyone ever has because right. I was always hustling. You know what I mean? Like, I mean I'll say always it right now money. I made fifteen thousand dollars when I fought that Russian dude. Nice. I don't think anyone has ever come close to that amount of money in Michigan. a local MMA scene. I mean, not nowhere even near that. You know what I mean? And that's because I was negotiating tickets and money. I made more money than the promoters did. I know that for a fact. Right. Just because like, I understood the the game. Now, it's an unfair system, and you guys got to sell tickets and stuff like that. But, Ken, how much do you think uh, your popularity – factors into you be in the main event against Cuppy or how much is it it's a good matchup you and Cuppy well I don't think a whole lot of people have seen Cuppy fight from where I'm from he's <clears throat> I don't know how many fights he's even had in the last couple of years I know he just got knocked out in his last fight but I've been relevant I've been fighting and definitely in Grand Rapids I was going to go out of state and start fighting people and I was kind of getting leaned into doing that until I talked to Cody and he said to stay in my hometown and fight for the most money so I've been making you know that image in my town and winning and dominating every single fight I've had as a finish, you know, every one but one of them as an amateur. And, you know, people like it. I just go out there and I don't I don't even need to talk. I just let the movement and the flowing of my body speak for me. And then bodies hit the floor and people go crazy. You know, I'm, I just like to put on a show. That's what we're here for. And that's what I give the fans. So they just love it and they want me to keep coming back. Um yeah, Cuppy's in for a rude awakening, and that's about it. All right. Well, I know we'll be there. You'll be there, too. Sweet. Mm-hmm. You, have you been with Cody? He's a celebrity out there. Dude. I fought a couple times on the same card as him. Well, then you know. Mm-hmm. How many dressing rooms do you have? <laughs> Four? Yeah, was, he, was in, he was in one back when I don't even think I could get in one. I had to, like, fight Matt to get a ticket. <laughs> no, we get wristbands for days, <laughs> though. <laughs> Like, had come pool. on, let me in, please. They're like, dude, we don't know who you are. You need to go. You probably stayed at the Amway Grand Hotel downtown. <laughs> Not stayed at Mom and Dad's up. right down the road. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then probably had a limo service there, four dressing rooms. I mean, walkout music. Yeah, I wish I was at MTT back in the day when Cody was fighting in Grand Rapids. I wish I was a part of the clique then because it, it looked like fun. Those guys were doing it right. Holy shit, yeah. Like, he was just a fucking legend back then. <laughs> Friend now, was telling me a story about it. You guys have a whole different... I think I've seen this way differently than what you guys have. Uh-uh, dude. You're a legend. <laughs> I came along and took over the whole yeah, yeah. <laughs> The king of Grand Rapids, Manib. Money, Manib. Mayor of Dearborn, king of Grand Rapids. After, uh... He's got a lot of different names. I think Murder it was after you beat that Manib. Russian guy that you were... Wa- Matt Friendo told me he heard you from outside of the hotel. Cody was just walking around with whatever but he was walking around and he's like i'll fight anybody get out here pussy it's like i know you're in there you ain't sleeping come back out and get your ass beat again so that was like what they were on and that's that kind of energy that i like so i would have loved to be a part of that i was wasted yeah like i didn't go to i didn't go to this one but like he had like a did he have like a motorcycle daredevil girl like at one show he he did the matt that dude that you chugged a beer with yeah, like it was oh, like a motocross like, thing. Yeah, yeah, it was like motocross MMA. Yeah. Like, That's fucking send the, it. The, the send it guy. Oh, uh, what the fuck's his name? How did, I Mike know he's got like half a million followers send on Instagram. It. Fucking rocks. Rock send stars, it. Shotgun a beer with him. Long. Yeah. He fucking cheated though. <laughs> did you, how do you cheat on shotgun beer? He was like ready, set, go. He was already chugging his beer. Oh, I got gotcha. you. I got it on go. video. 
like one, two, he's like. <laughs> well, I mean, he goes town to town and does that. That's probably his gimmick. He's probably like, a little better at chugging beer than I am. He'd I've, be like, pick, pick. That is the first time I've lost a chugging beer, though. Really? I swear to you, I'm really good at chugging beer. Nice. Just swallowing it real hard. All right, let's go around the table. Uh, Larkin, where's your social media at? Where can people find you? Um, Instagram's the best right now. Um, I also do have Facebook, but it's just my name. Chad's getting ready. He's about to put it in there. <laughs> there go. go ahead. Spell it out. It's L-A-R-K-Y-N, then underscore D-A-S-C-H. <laughs> See, that's how you don't get followers. This is too much. Bro, it's There's... my name. My name's complicated. I'm sorry. <laughs> D-A-S-C-H. There's a tricky letter in my what first the... name and my last name, so I'm Silent. screwed. It's what is that? Is, that? is that Dutch? It's German. German, okay. Mine's German too. Ken, where where can people find you? Um, you guys can find me Instagram cross the boss MMA, and uh, give me a follow, give me a like. All right, Manib. Uh, Manib underscore Salmani at Instagram or uh, Snapchat. Whatever. You gotta spell that out, man. No, it's easy. It's M U N I B, and then here's the best Super part. Super easy. The last name is S A L M A N I. That's All it. right. Salami. <laughs> your social media platform, um, what's the best way? Mine is Instagram, Chad Decker1, and find it on Facebook as well. All right. Under Chad Decker. Well, you got a good base. Wrestlers That's make right. the best MMA fighters. <laughs> That's right. We know that. Well, Cody, thanks for bringing these guys in. Hustle them down here after training. That's good. And then you guys got uh, fight weeks, man. Best of luck to you guys in Thank the next you. few weeks. We'll see you in there. And then, um, I don't know, we'll be back next week. We're keeping it consistent now. We're working. Next week. Let's do it. 2019. Year of the undercard. Year. <laughs> year, year, year of Jimmy getting a date. Yeah. We'll see everybody next week. <laughs> Jimmy late. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Damn.